The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. They are going to try again on Saturday. The historic SpaceX launch that is expected to revolutionize NASA space exploration and space tourism was scrapped yesterday because of weather with just 16 minutes to take off. Here's NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstone. Um, I know there's a lot of disappointment today. The weather got us. But I also want to say this was really, it was a great day for NASA. It was a great day for SpaceX. I think our teams worked together um, in a really impressive way, making good decisions all along. So here in this particular case, we had just simply too much electricity in the atmosphere. There wasn't really a lightning storm or anything like that, but there was a concern that if we did launch, um, it could actually trigger lightning. It would have been the first time astronauts launched into space from U.S. soil since 2011. It would have been the first ever crewed mission for SpaceX. And it would have also been the first time ever that a privately developed spacecraft launched humans into Earth's orbit. They will do it all over again on Saturday. The next launch attempt is slated for 1.22 mountain time. Now, Elon Musk started SpaceX 18 years ago. He says the pressure, the responsibility to get this right is enormous. Thousands of things that can go wrong and only one thing that can go right. Anything anyone can think of to improve the probability of success and make sure Bob and Doug are safely taken to the space station, that is the absolute priority. In fact, I've told the SpaceX team it is not simply the top priority, it is the only priority. Uh, it weighs very heavily. Um, that's really all I can think about right now. I really kind of have to kind of mentally block it because otherwise it would be emotionally impossible to deal with. Dr. David Alexander is the director of the Rice Space Institute at Rice University in Houston, Texas. Dr. Alexander joins us this afternoon. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Now, uh, you talk about pressure, and we just heard Elon Musk talk about this pressure, and he almost has to block it out of his mind so he can continue on. There's always pressure with a launch, uh, Dr. Alexander, but this one even more so. Uh, all eyes are on the Crew Dragon and the Falcon rocket. Can you give us an idea of what it was like for you to, to watch what happened yesterday, have that delay, and now anticipate what might happen this weekend? Well, yeah, I mean, of course, I think like a lot of people around the world, it was uh, a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement, followed by a little bit of disappointment. Um, I was actually quite nervous, even though I was only watching on TV. I hate to think, I guess the astronauts are trained, but uh, I know it's exciting. And it is a big, as you, I think your introduction covered a lot of the, the key points, and that is that it is a big deal. Um, it's a new model for NASA working with companies like SpaceX. Um, and SpaceX, of course, has had a lot of great success with their cargo missions. Uh-huh. Um, this is the first human-rated uh, mission. And so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. So um, just kind of lots, of lots of nerves, I think, around the country yesterday. Absolutely. I think, as I mentioned, all launches are special. It's always exciting to watch. Um, and there's just something incredible about them. But everyone is saying that this launch marks the next stage in human space flight. What, do you, what is this going to open the doors to, Dr. Alexander? Well, I think there's, there's two parts to it. And, of course, here in the United States, um, we haven't been able to, We pride ourselves in, with NASA in particular being the, the preeminent uh, space agency in the world. And, of course, we, uh, we have a lot of great friends in the Canadian Space Agency. And um, 
but we haven't been able to take uh, American astronauts up on our own rockets for almost uh, just almost nine years. And so this is a big step to get back to uh, controlling our own you know, uh, capabilities there. So that's the one aspect of it. Um, and then the other aspect is, is working with a company that's SpaceX, where in the past when NASA worked with a Boeing or a Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, they would specify everything. Um, the companies would be given something like 10,000 recommendations or requirements to, to meet. Uh, SpaceX and Boeing for the new commercial model got about 300 requirements. So they're basically allowing the companies to provide a service rather than telling them what nut and what bolt that they really need in every piece of the, of the machine. So it's a new model. Um, it, was about, it was about to be tested yesterday. We'll have to wait for Saturday to see how it uh, pans out. Elon Musk said in a in an interview yesterday, Dr. Alexander, that if you had asked him 18 years ago if this would be happening now, he would have said the chances are 1%, in fact, less than 0.1%. I'm curious about your thoughts on how this has moved over the past 18 years, this dream into reality. 18 years, I mean, for some people might seem like a very long time, but when it comes to space travel, I think um, others would say it's not a very long time at all. Well, I think, I mean, obviously Elon Musk is, is quite a character in, in, in many different ways. And I think a lot of us are surprised, um, maybe not anymore, but, you know, in the last few years, just seeing the great success that SpaceX has had and, and how they've changed the conversation quite a bit. I mean, now they're, um, they were a kind of fledgling little startup uh, company a few years ago, and now they're one of the top space companies in the world. And I think, mm-hmm. I think they deserve a lot of credit. Um, for what they've done, the, they've got a huge set of really talented young engineers, along with a lot of experienced people, and I think that's uh, it's just it's absolutely fantastic to see. And and they deserve all the success that they've had. They've brought in some new in- innovations. And apart from the weather, everything looked great yes- uh, yesterday <laughs> for launch. It was just the weather that yeah. that uh, kind of put the stops on it. Dr. David Alexander joining us this afternoon. He's the director of the Rice Space Institute at Rice University in Houston, Texas. Um, One of the key parts um, of all of this, um, from what I understand, is is the fact that the Falcon 9 is a reusable rocket. And, And from what I understand, the rocket part is one of the biggest costs when it comes to launch um, and so the fact that this can be reused um, will will help quite a bit when it comes to the cost factor moving forward is that correct yeah it helps in two ways I mean normally uh, in the past the way that this has been done is there's a small payload and that's payload may include astronauts and every other piece the fuel gets used up of course and then every other piece of that the fairing the boosters, the different stages, all gets jumped. Um, and this is a new model. Whether at least for this particular mission, they were going to bring the, uh, bring back the booster, um, which is the, the the main first stage. And other uh, flights, they've actually brought back, um, you know, uh, multiple boosters and so on. And so, um, so this is a change. What it does is it saves a bit of money there because they can refurbish that piece of the rocket. They don't need to to rebuild it, and they can do a quicker turnaround. 
And so because they're refurbishing, they can turn around the launches more quickly, and that allows them to scale up their operations, and that saves money as well. So there's just there's two different ways of looking at of that refurbishment. It's just one of the one of the most exciting things I've seen in the last few years is that double lander. I don't know if anyone's seen it, but you can you can find it on YouTube. But the two boosters coming down on the on the landing yeah. pads almost simultaneously. That is just absolutely astounding. It looks like a science fiction movie. Well, and it's been interesting to watch that from the first couple of tries to, to get it right when it didn't quite land properly. I mean, again, the, the you know how many times they've tried it. I was at a at a at a, a presentation with uh, Chris Hadfield, of course, um, our right. our great Canadian astronaut, and he was showing this, and it was like you know we got to over and over again till you get it right. And again, I think that goes back to a part of the reason why everyone was quite nervous and excited about <laughs> yesterday's launch right. because. Because it, there's just a bit of an unknown or a lot of an unknown there, isn't there? Well, I think for this particular launch, there were. I think all the checks were done and done and redone, and they had the flight readiness reviews. But you are right, and I think I think one of the interesting things that's been uh, watching SpaceX and if, for instance, they're, they're, they almost uh, they were doing a, a static fire test on their big star. Um, uh, I forgot the name of it, from out of my head. But their big rocket um, <laughs> over in uh, West Texas there. And yeah. uh, they basically blow these things up and they find out, um, you know, in lots of testing, <laughs> they find out why it blew up and they move into the next, you know, they, they fix that problem and move on. And so, you know, that's a different a different approach. And it, 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 again, to give them credit, it's been quite successful to date. Um, but they are very aware of all the safety issues. And so it's not a little maverick. It's not space cowboys, even if they're based in Texas. And so <laughs> I think... Um, I think they, they, they've got all the right people. They're doing all the right things. NASA's looking over their shoulders. And uh, everything everything looked great. Everything was in the green yesterday, all the technical aspects. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, they, when they're testing, they're a little bit, um, what we say, aggressive. Um, but when it comes to actually launching for their customers and their clients, um, all the safety issues come, come to the fore. Interesting um, to, to look at what this could mean moving forward for um, private citizens going into space. We know that SpaceX holds a contract that will eventually allow them to carry paying private citizens uh, into space. And of course, it's very pricey. It's not going to be open to everyone. And it's one of the, the, the bigger criticisms when it comes to the, the, the budding space tourism industry. But if we look back and air flight, I mean, it was that way at one point as well. How do you picture space tourism unfolding in the next 10 20 years dr alexander well we'll see if we'll see if tom cruise gets his wish he may be the first <laughs> high profile one that, that, that gets yeah. this going but um no we've been so we we there's a number of spaceports commercial spaceports around the world now um we have got one here in houston although we don't we 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 don't have uh, any operators at the moment we're a horizontal launch capability and one of the reasons we're all these spaceports um are taking this level of interest is is because ultimately we're expecting maybe in that 20 year time frame you mentioned we're expecting point-to-point transportation um and in the sense that we'll have space planes that can get you from point a to point b around the world in a few hours you know a couple of hours instead of a, like an 18 hour trip to to australia or something so mm-hmm. so that's something that we're looking ahead to and every uh, every step along the way, every success along the way, the SpaceX's, the Blue Origin, 
um, uh, you know, all these small rocket companies, all of these things that are happening commercially, I think are going to get us there eventually. And so, so I think it's exciting. The space tourism aspect, um, there are different companies doing different things. Uh, Axiom Space was just awarded a big contract here in Houston to build the first uh, private uh, space station. And as part of that, they've signed a contract with SpaceX to carry passengers up and they have this beautiful cupola that they've designed to go onto that station that basically just, you hang in a glass bubble right above the earth. I mean, if I could (laughs) afford it, um, I'd be be up there in the the first list of of, uh, flyers, I think. Yeah, you're reading my mind, Dr. Alexander. I'd do it in a heartbeat if I had the cash. Um, just a couple more questions before I, before I let you go. Um, there's been a lot of talk about a return to the moon. There's a lot of talk mm-hmm. about Mars. Um, again, what do you think that this could mean for that? Well, I think one, so one of the things that one of the, the this flight when it happens, hopefully Saturday, is a culmination of uh, a series of steps that started back um, uh, with President Bush, actually, with the commercial uh, the commercial cargo operation. In other words, NASA working more hand-in-hand to purchase services from independent space companies instead of contracting to build a one-off machine. Um, and then that was expanded to the commercial crew uh, through... Uh, President Obama. And so so this is a culmination of those steps. And as part of that argument with the new push to the moon under, under President Trump, um, that moon target has a strong commercial component to it. Again, a company in Houston was one of the first to win a, a landing uh, system. So they're, they're building a lander here in Houston uh, for one of those early flights to the moon. Again, they've contracted, I believe, with uh, SpaceX. Um, and so those commercial companies will be part of that whole expansion to beyond low Earth orbit, to the moon. And then once we learn from all of that, uh, you know, developing resources from the moon, um, we'll be able to use that uh, combination of government, private-public partnerships uh, to, to move to the next phase, which is going on to Mars. I was lucky enough of, um, to have, uh, with the, the latest astronaut graduation i was invited to dinner with the two canadian astronauts <laughs> yeah. um you know and that that i mean these people uh, i mean it's just absolutely amazing people i mean they're just the best of the best and lots of different accomplishments but just as people they're fantastic to talk to and and when you've got people like that leading your program then you know you can only you can only be optimistic Dr. Alexander, you've been fantastic to talk to this afternoon. I want to thank you for your time. I appreciate it so much, your insight into this. Thank you. Well, and thank you for your interest, and all the best. Take care. Take care. That's Dr. David Alexander, the director of the Rice Space Institute at Rice University in Houston, Texas. Again, they'll try again Saturday, 122 Mountain Time.